High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Turn uh, this in your Bibles this morning to Psalm chapter 47. Uh, today we're starting a, uh, actually this is going to be a series uh, specifically on praise and worship. Now, I began to look back and I realized that it had actually been over a decade since we had done any type of series on praise and worship on Sunday mornings. We did something last year for the first time in quite a while on, on a Wednesday night. And of course, I recognize that one, we have a lot of new folks. And then also, uh, the majority of the church doesn't come out on Wednesday nights. And we really felt the need to begin to establish even some of these principles and truths that our church was actually originally founded upon in the sense of this is a part of our DNA. Now, if you're looking for a church that is going to be quiet and that's going to be very subdued, then high praise may not be the place for you. But, and by the way, I want also to tell you this, if that's what you're looking for, heaven may not be the place for you either. Because heaven is not quiet, heaven is not subdued, heaven is full of noise, heaven is boisterous, it is full of life, it is full of activity. The kingdom of God is not a lifeless group of people that come together with frowns on their face, but we come with jubilation and joy within our hearts, knowing that we've been redeemed by the very blood of Jesus, that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that the power of God flows through us, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost rests upon us and flows through us. Hallelujah. Listen, if anybody's got a reason to celebrate, I've got a reason to celebrate. And I'm not just happy because I had a week to go and play, praise the Lord. I'm happy because there's something that resides on the inside of me that is greater than anything that you could ever experience in this world. You know, whenever we come together, it should be a time of joyous celebration. Whenever the church comes together, it should be a time, if I can say it this way, it should be a kingdom party. If you think that church should be anything other than that, then you've got the wrong idea. May I say also, you just need to go back and read your Bible. Because, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about the way that we praise and worship the Lord. Now, I appreciate this morning. It's good to have our daughter, Kayla, uh, here. And it's wonderful just so uh, for you that don't know, they elected whenever we decided to, to, uh, to, to shut High Praise uh, Orlando down. We just felt like that felt like the Lord had just brought it to an end. And whenever that took place, Pastor Joshua came up. And, of course, that was part of the reason that it came to an end is because we felt like he needed to be here. And he felt like this is where he belonged. And uh, there was just a mutual. I don't have time to go into the whole story, but it was a God thing. Because if you'd have asked him a month ago, previous to that, he'd have said no. But you know how many know whenever God moves and orchestrates things, everything just falls into place. But they felt like they were supposed to stay in Orlando. And now... Uh, Kelvin is actually, his, her husband, uh, my son-in-law, is actually on staff there, and he is the operations manager, pastor, well, 
director of operations uh, uh, over uh, City Church, which is a full gospel Assembly of God church, and he's over all the operations and ministries there in Orlando, Florida. And they're there, they're plugged in, they're, they're, they're continuing to... Uh, move forward for the Lord, and, and we rejoice in that. I want everybody to understand they have our blessing, praise God. And so they're not down there out of rebellion. You know, if God speaks for them to come back up here, I want you to know, then I know that they will have heard from the Lord, praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, uh, and we're, I'm not trying to manipulate them. They, they know that. I'm just, I'm kind of halfway teasing. But the reality is, uh, you know, if they move back up here, I'll rejoice, and there's a place for them. And she's got a powerful, powerful prophetic, prophetic anointing—not pathetic anointing, prophetic anointing. And uh, but you know, whenever we started, even before we started this church, whenever our children were being raised, we'd raise them to worship and praise the Lord. It's important, listen, parents, teach your children to be worshipers of the Lord. Teach your children to be worshipers. But they don't want to. Well, listen, you, 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 right. They don't want to make their beds, but you still make them make their beds. They don't want to clean their rooms, but you still make them clean their rooms. They don't want to do their homework, but you still make them do their homework. And they may not want to worship and praise the Lord, but you know what? I believe that all of you have something whereby you can begin to motivate your children. You know what I'm talking about? You may wear it around your waist. I don't know, but the reality is you've got something you can motivate your children to be worshipers and praisers of the Lord. Amen? And so we taught our children. I'm not promoting you. Go beat your children, so don't misunderstand. Don't, don't go home and do that. Say, Pastor told me to do this. No, you didn't hear right. Lead by example, the first and foremost. But we taught our children to be worshipers of the Lord. I remember when Pastor Joshua, now he's a strong worshiper today. He worships God. He dances. He, you know, you see him up here singing and, and leading and doing all sorts of things. He plays the bass and many other things. But whenever there was a time whenever he decided when he was real young that he was going to test his mother and his father. And we were on the way to church. He said, Daddy, I'm not, I don't want to praise the Lord today. I said, well, you got to understand, the Bible says Joshua will praise the Lord. Right? It says, I will praise the Lord. So that means Joshua will praise the Lord. He didn't say anything back, rode to the church, of course, I was leading worship at that time, and Pastor Stacy also helped uh, leading the worship back in those days. This is going back into 1987, 1988. Now, he was only about, well, he's two years old, two years old, two and a half years, two, two and a half, and, um, and he said, I'm not going to praise the Lord today. I don't want to praise the Lord today. I don't feel like praising the Lord today. So we got to church, and, you know, of course, we're up on the platform leading worship, and Lo and behold, little Joshua decides he's going to sit down. Oh, wrong thing to do. <laughs> and I'm telling him, Mama was looking at him the whole time, trying to get motion him to get stand up and start worshiping the Lord, and he wouldn't do anything. And I'm telling you, she came down off of that platform. She grabbed him by the hand, took him right outside, pat, 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 pat. Came back in, and guess what? Next time we had a service, <laughs> he was worshiping and praising the Lord. Now, I know it probably, are you okay with me sharing that? Well, it's too late now, but nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is relevant. We need, 
We need to discipline and train our children. I, I, please don't, y'all don't take what I'm saying to an extreme. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But the greatest way that you can teach your children to worship the Lord is by being an inspiration yourself, an example yourself. Amen? Now, if you don't think that praise, you know, if you ask somebody, if you ask somebody, you know, whenever you get to heaven, you know, Willie, what, what are you going to do? Will, what are you going to do? You know, Roger, what are you going to do whenever you get to heaven? Paul, what are you going to do whenever you get to heaven? Andy, what are you going to do whenever you get to heaven? Gil, what are you going to do whenever you get to heaven? And I guarantee you, at least one of the things that they're going to say, they're, well, let me say, first of all, they're not going to say, I'm going to sit in an, a lazy boy recliner and just, because that's the picture that some people have, I'm going to have a mansion, and I'm going to have a lazy boy recliner in this beautiful mansion that God is going to create me. I don't know where we come up with some of the ideas that we come up with, but the reality is whenever you actually look at a picture of what's going on around the throne of God, this is what you have, round the clock, so to speak, eternal worship, eternal praise. Listen, Praise and worship is one thing that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life throughout eternity. You won't be preaching necessarily. You won't be witnessing to somebody because you're only going to be with saved people. Does everybody understand that? Heaven is filled with saved people, right? And so you don't have to witness to people. And by the way, you're not going to have to prophesy to them. You know why? Because Jesus is going to be there. And if they need any kind of information, they can go straight to him. And so we have to understand a lot of the things that we do in church uh, on a regular basis right now while we live here on earth, we are not going to do whenever we get to heaven. But hear this, there is one thing that you will always be doing, and that is you will always be praising and worshiping the Lord. The Bible says that we are a chosen generation, we are a royal priesthood, we are a holy nation, a peculiar people and that are called to show forth his praise. Look at somebody and say you're called to show forth his praise. <clears throat> now let me read this passage of scripture so we have a scriptural message. Psalm 47 verse 1. Oh, clap your hands all you peoples. Shout unto God with the voice of for the Lord most high he's what? He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth and please write this down, underline it, sing praises with understanding. Everybody say, with understanding. You know, this is a wonderful psalm here, and I've taught out of it numerous times before, but there are different principles that we see that the Lord wants us to embrace in order to worship and praise appropriately and biblically. I'm really concerned uh, that much of the worship that we see demonstrated today, people are motivated to do it because the music is popular. I hear it on the radio. It has a melody and a tune that I like, and so I'm kind of drawn to the music. Or they might 
you know, like the feeling that they get whenever they're singing a particular song, the, the emotion that might be stirred up at a given moment. But I want everybody to hear this. Worship and praise has nothing to do with an emotion that gets stirred up on the inside of you. Now you see, I was raised in Pentecost, and in Pentecost, most of the time, we would begin to express worship and praise whenever we felt something. So praise was always something it, that was responsive to what we felt at the moment in time. However, hear this, biblical worship and biblical praise has nothing to do with how you feel at a given moment. It's just a matter of this. God said, lift your hands in the sanctuary, so I'm going to lift my hands. And can everybody just lift your hands right now? I'm not doing that because I feel like doing it. I'm doing it because God said to do it. But I'll tell you this. If you'll start just being obedient to what God says, the feeling will come. It just says, let them praise his name with the dance. You know, now again, I was raised, as I said, in Pentecost. Now, in Pentecost, you couldn't dance unless the lightning bolt from heaven hits you in the crown of the head. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody else raised that way? I know, Brenda, where are you at? I saw Brenda this morning. We were we brought up to, I was 14 years old in the same church. And again, please understand, I am not poking fun at anybody. I'm not ridiculing anybody. We were operating at what level of understanding and knowledge that we had. And by the way, it might have been like a firehouse, but it was much better than the ice house. Right? And we'd wait till the lightning bolt from heaven, whoo, hallelujah, hit you in the crown of your head. And then all of a sudden, you would take off Totally uncon. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, I can tell. You never really experienced it. But I mean, you would take off and you would spin and you would twirl and, you know, I mean, it would just be something wild and crazy and be something that would be very flamboyant and totally uncontrolled. Now, understand this. If you had control of your facilities, your, uh, your, 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 your members, so to speak, then you were in the flesh. You know, if you just started doing this, that's just in the flesh right? But whoo, you know, if you were totally out of control, then you were in the spirit. So everything we did was always in response to a feeling. Now I want everybody to understand this. You got to get a hold of this. This is very important. By the way, this is a part of the DNA of this church. I'm going to say it again. This is a part of the DNA of this church. We are not worshiping because we feel something. We're not worshiping because, man, the band is really kicking today. We're not worshiping because, man, didn't Miranda or didn't Castle or didn't somebody, boy, they did a real, you know, riff with vocally, you know, oh, did you feel that? No, we're not worshiping because of that. We're worshiping because of him. We're worshiping because of who he has made us in him. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are called to show forth his praise. Look at somebody say, you're called. If you, listen, if you're wondering what you're called to do, I'll tell you this much. You're called to be a praiser. You're called to be a worshiper. Now, I think most of you know a lot of our, my history, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but before I was pastoring, I was a worship leader, I was a music director, I was a songwriter, and it all started in a local church. I didn't do it as a profession, I did it in a local church as a ministry unto the Lord. I led worship because I was asked, and there was nobody else there to do it. I felt unqualified, but I just said yes. By the way, destiny will always be fulfilled on the other side of your yes. If you're always telling somebody no when they ask you to do something you'll end up bypassing a destiny a part of the destiny that God has for your life later on of course uh, um, I led worship on integrity for integrity
pretty music. I was on lead worship for Victor's crown. I'm not trying to beat myself on the chest. I'm just telling you that this is a part of who we are. Listen, whenever, whenever a church is birthed, it cannot help but have some of the DNA of the one that God uses that is responsible for birthing that church. Okay, that's, that's the DNA of this church. And by the way, as long as I'm alive, it'll still remain a part of the DNA. And by the way, as long as Pastor Joshua is still alive, it'll still be a part of the DNA. This is a worshiping church. We didn't put high praise out there on the front just because we thought that that was a good name. We put that on the front of the church because that's what God had called us to do, to lift up high praises unto the Lord. Amen. You know what? People are going to say you're crazy. They're going to say, you know, you're strange. Yes, I am peculiar. And yes, you are peculiar. Amen? And by the way, we need, if I can say it, let's get loud. I said let's get loud. There's nothing wrong with getting loud. There's nothing wrong with praising God with a loud voice on high because that's the what, uh, what we're actually commanded to do. Amen? Of course, later on, I was also worship leader for Christian International, traveled with Bishop Hammond, traveled world around the world with him. And I'm telling you, we had some great, powerful worship times. And, I mean, just explosions of praise and worship in many of those meetings. So praise and worship, again, I'll say this, it is in the DNA of this church. And so our praise and worship just normally will take up at least one-third or up to a half of the service. So understand that we place great importance upon that, and we believe that it's important for us as a church body to embrace the understandings. Now, I don't have time to share all of these things uh, this morning, but there's some biblical understandings that we just see in this first passage of Scripture, and I'm only going to share a couple of them this morning. But the first one is this, and please write this down, because again, the psalmist says, praise him with understanding. What kind of understanding is he talking about? He's talking about the understanding of all the things that he had just said. These are the understandings. These are the principles that you must embrace in order for you to have effective worship and praise. And so the first thing is this. Praise is loud and God likes it that way. Praise is loud and God likes it that way. He is the one that actually authored and commanded us to worship him. And it says here that we are to uh, shout with the voice of triumph. With the voice of triumph. That literally means a yell. Everybody just say yell. And so understand, it's okay whenever you come to church in the midst of worship and praise to lift your voice. We are not God's frozen. We are God's chosen. Hallelujah. Amen. When you look at a picture of heaven in Revelation 19, all the praise in heaven, it's not quiet, it's very loud. We're to enter the throne. It actually says to come before his throne with boldness. Everybody say boldness. How I many know whenever you come in boldly, you're not whispering. You're not tiptoeing through the tulip. You're not Tiny Tim with your little ukulele going tiptoe through the tulips, hoping that nobody sees you. No, praise the Lord. Whenever you come before the throne, we, we come with boldness, amen? and we come making a joyful noise. Praise was never designed to be soft. It was never designed to be subdued. And if that's your image and you're thinking of what worship is supposed to be, then my friend, I encourage you to actually begin to read your Bible. Get into the Word. And what you'll find is that praise is loud, is boisterous. The, 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 the Hebrew word that is translated praise more than any other word is the Hebrew word halal. It's where we get our word 
word hallelujah. The word halal means to celebrate, to boast about, and get this, to be clamorously foolish. Clamorous means full of noise, loud, and boisterous. So understand this, whenever the Bible says to praise him, to halal him, that means to be noisily foolish, to be boisterous about your praise. My friend, we don't have to be shy. We don't have to apologize. What we have to do is be obedient to what God has actually called us to do and what he has commanded us to do. Can everybody say amen? Psalms 149, it says, let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. And as you read on down in that scripture in Psalm 149, it says, let them sing aloud on their beds. Now understand the psalmist there is not saying that you need to go lay down literally on your bed and start singing out loud. And I don't have time to go into the full understanding of this because I got some other points, but what it literally means, one of the words, the, the, the word to sing, to sing aloud, it is the word renan, which means to emit a stridulous sound or a shout. And the word bed is the Hebrew word mishkab, which actually is a euphemism used for carnal and sexual intercourse. And so understand that the psalmist is not talking specifically about that. What he's doing is he's using a phrase, a terminology, to begin to articulate a principle, and that is this. Whenever you begin to have intercourse with the Lord, whenever you begin to have relationship with him, whenever you begin to praise him, whenever you begin to worship him, then you need to do it in a loud way. Hallelujah. Can everybody say, do it in a loud way? Now, I could go somewhere from that, but I will just tell you this much. You know, I believe there's nothing wrong whenever husbands and wives, I don't want to get too far into this. I definitely don't want to go into the weeds. But you know what? You don't just, husbands and wives, and I know we got kids in here, and we don't really have kids in here. By the way, anything we say isn't something they haven't heard a perverted side of it already in schools today. I mean, we need to talk about some of these things. And so understand whenever a husband and wife get together, it's not designed to be just a lifeless time. I'm just going to give you a little peck on the cheek. Good night, honey. You know, it's though that whenever you get together, and again, y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? There's nothing wrong with being passionate about what you're doing. Right? As a matter of fact, there's everything right about being passionate about what you're doing. Right? All of you young people ought to be standing up shouting, yes! Amen? I'm talking about married young people. I ain't talking about teenagers. That's not what I'm talking about. There should be some type of, whoa, hallelujah. Well, what the Lord is saying here in the scripture is this, whenever you come together, whenever you begin to worship the Lord, whenever there's this relationship that is going on between you and Jesus, there should be some excitement, there should be some energy, there should be some joy, and it's okay to go ahead and emit a stridulous sound, amen? Is that too, too much for you? Praise the Lord, I, I think that you're at a maturity level, you'll be able to handle it. The second thing is this, we praise from a position of victory. Whenever we praise, we're not praising to get victory, we're praising because we already have victory. 
To praise with the voice of triumph means this, that we have already won. Hallelujah. Can you look at somebody and say, we've already won? Winners are not quiet. They're jubilant. Right? I'm going to take you back 10 years ago. <laughs> Whenever Florida State won the national championship. Now, I know we got some Alabama fans, and y'all really excited about that, and y'all got more to boast about. But y'all just give me just just give me a little room to squeeze in here for just a moment. And in 2013, they won the national championship. I know the dogs won last year. It's okay, yeah. In 2013, I know there's only a few of you, but anyway, nonetheless, in 2013, we, you know, Florida State, you know, a minute left on the clock, and they're down, and they got the ball at the 19-yard line. They have one minute and 13 seconds left remaining on the clock, and they drove down, and I can remember whenever, and Micah, Micah our youngest son, pastor of uh, High Praise Crestview, he told us what happened, and at that time he was here, but whenever... The touchdown pass uh, that Jameis Winston threw to Kevin Benjamin in the end zone. Kelvin Benjamin, I'm sorry. Kelvin Benjamin, who is that? I don't know, it was a team that beat y'all, but anyway. And so, <laughs> threw that pass into the end zone. This is what Micah said. He said, I ran up the wall. He said, then I went outside. He said, I opened the door. I got outside. I ran all the way around my house shouting in jubilation uh, and came back in. Now, you know what? I, I thought about that. And how many of you know that Jesus did a whole lot more for you than throw a pass to somebody in the end zone and put six points on a board that 10 years ago, 10 years later is meaningless? We've been suffering now for the last 10 years. Are y'all following what I'm saying? It's meaningless. You know, and here every day we're living with the very life of God within us. Every day we're living redeemed by the blood. Every day we're living prospered and healed and set free by the power of God. And I don't know if I can shout right now. My friend, you got a lot to shout about. Your family is serving the Lord. Your family is healthy. You're saved. You're healed. You're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're full of the power of God. Woo! Hallelujah. You got a lot to shout about. Don't tell me you don't have anything to praise him for. Well, that's just not my personality. Well, welcome to the club. That's not my personality either. You can ask my mom and dad are here. They'll tell you that's not my personality. Miss, listen, I was Mr. Mellow. I was a flatliner emotionally. Y'all know what a flatliner is emotionally? You just never change. You're like a you know, computer who wore tennis shoes. And I just, I mean, I was very focused, very serious. I never really expressed much joy and jubilation. My personality was not that. So understand this. Praising and worshiping the Lord has nothing to do with your personality. Look at somebody say it doesn't have anything to do with your personality. 
That wasn't my personality to praise. It wasn't my personality to worship. It wasn't my personality to shout. It wasn't my personality to dance. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I, I only went to a, a couple of dances growing up. And, I don't, and uh, I, uh, whenever I think I was in high school or something like that, I might have went to a dance. And listen, let, let me tell you what my dance experience was. It was sitting, remember those chairs they'd put up all around the gymnasium on the outside? Yeah, that was my place. Okay, my place wasn't even... I don't know if y'all remember that uh, movie where they said, this is your place right here, you know. Y'all remember that? Switch? Hitch, Hitch. Y'all remember, anybody remember that movie, Hitch? And he said, this is you. You know, he came in there doing all kind of stuff. And he said, no, 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 you don't do that. You do this right here. You know, that wasn't even my place. This, this is my place. I'm sitting in a chair doing nothing, okay? That was pretty much the extent. My wife can tell you, you know. I, but you know what? When I get into the house of the Lord, the animal comes out. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I got something to worship and praise the Lord. Today, you know, our daughter is standing beside us. Our, 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 one, of, uh, one of our grandsons that's not usually here is standing beside us. All four of our other grandkids, they're all here. Our son, our daughter, our, and, you know, all are in ministry today, all worshiping God, all serving the Lord. All the I got something to praise God about. If you don't know why I have a reason to make a noise, I was on my way to heaven and Jesus redeemed me by his blood. Amen? So we praise from a position of victory. Winners are not quiet. Winners are loud. You know what? Whenever they went into the locker room, you know, when Georgia, I'd go ahead and use you just to, you know, just to, just to appease the Georgia fans. When they went into the locker room, they weren't, you know, had the heads down. You know, just we're, we're just, you know, we want to be real humble about this. No, they had smiles on their face, hands in the air, shouting, jumping, doing all kind of crazy things, right? Listen, again, Jesus did a lot more for you than any of that. You're more than conquerors. Woo. I said you're more than a conqueror. Anybody remember the Evander Holyfield fight with Mike Tyson, Hungry Man Tyson? Anybody remember that? Second fight, he got frustrated because Holyfield was pounding on him. He got hungry in the middle of the fight. Side <laughs> of ear sounds good. Bites off a piece of, that's gross, isn't it? I'm telling you, you never know what you're gonna hear whenever I'm preaching. Bites off a piece of his ear, spits it out. Picks it up. He has to go to the hospital. They take, they sew it back on. Vander, he collects his check, multi-million dollar check. His wife is waiting there at the house. And she says, honey, what, what happened? Well, he bit my ear off. Oh, I see that, you know. Oh, that doesn't look too good. I know it's going to take a little while, you know. And... You know, but I'm so glad that you won the fight. And by the way, where's the check? <laughs> right? He gives the check. Y'all don't want it. Man, you know what I'm talking about, right? Here's the check, honey. Okay, here it is. Gives the check to her. Here, listen, he was a conqueror. She was more than a conqueror. 
Listen, Jesus did it for you. So when I worship and praise the Lord, I'm praising from a position of victory. I'm praising from a position of triumph. I'm appraising from a position where I have already won. Amen? Amen? See, we're not climbing up the mountain. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? The last thing is this. Yeah, is this. God is to be reverenced. He said, our God is awesome. The Hebrew word, it literally means, the Hebrew word that's used there, it literally means to be revered or feared. And so think about this. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The next verse of scripture, for God is awesome. Clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Why? Why? For the Lord most high is awesome. For the Lord most high is to be reverenced. So I, I, I want to challenge you this morning you got to throw away what you have traditionally thought of as reverencing the Lord. Reverence is not being quiet. He says, clap, shout, for the Lord is to be reverenced. Clap and shout, for the Lord is to be reverenced. See, reverence isn't this holy hush that we come into whenever we gather together. Reverence is actually biblically defined as a celebration of everything that God is doing and has done within our lives. The way that we reverence the Lord is by lifting up a shout of triumph. The way that we reverence the Lord is by clapping our hands and applauding him and telling of the greatness of his name. He is to be reverenced and we don't do it by being quiet. It is done with a Shout, hallelujah, amen. When you look at Revelation 19, you see the picture of heaven all around the throne of God. It says that there's lightning and thunder. Think about that. All around the throne of God, the very throne of God, there is lightnings and thunders that proceed from the very throne of God. It says that the worship there sounds like the sound of many waters, like a thousand Niagara Falls. It says that they are rejoicing around the very throne. The Greek word that is used is the word agelio, which means to leap and to twirl about. If I can say it this way, heaven is Pentecostal, okay? Heaven is charismatic. See, what we do isn't because we are Pentecostal. It's because that's the way they do it in heaven. The way we worship is not to be a reflection of a denomination or a particular indoctrination. It is to be a reflection of what they're already doing in heaven. So whenever we come together, understand this, when I shout, when I lift my hands, when I rejoice in the Lord, I am only joining in heaven, a heavenly symphony that is already taking place. Praise God. See, the picture of reverence around the throne of God isn't a holy hush. It's loud. It's boisterous. My friend, it's time to get loud, and we don't have to apologize. You've got a reason to get loud. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed by the blood, and I'm going to shout it out, and I'm going to let everybody know that Jesus is the greatest thing, the greatest person, the greatest 
greatest individual that's ever lived on the face of this earth that is alive in heaven. He is God. He is ruler. He is king of all the earth, and he is worthy to be praised. Would you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.